Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. And the evil genius in the house. <laughs> wow. Wow, we are old. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Two man pod tonight. Yeah, but you know what? I, I feel like I, I, I'm rightfully old because I'm about to go all get off my lawn, Tom Pestak tonight. So Oh, there you go. So uh yeah, the not a ton of Cavs news this week. You know, we're just a little bit kind of treading water until we get to the uh, start of the regular season. But lots Does it of seem th- weird that, that all of these, like, preseason, like that they have preseason games like two and three days, but then don't have one for a week? It Well, I think part of it is in the past, there was much more demand for I remember, like, I know they had six preseason games in one of the LeBron years, and it was like, I think they're just not... Oh, the one where they like yeah. went to Brazil or whatever with Ant, with yeah, Berja? Yeah. 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 So I don't think there's as much demand for Cavs preseason games. I mean... No, and, and they cut back, everybody cut back on preseason games. I mean, I think they each team only has like, like four, maybe five this year. Which is good, but also... Yeah, the beginning of the season is going to be a little bit like preseason for some teams. So yeah. it, it should be interesting. Um but yeah, the Cavs uh Cavs two and one uh looked good against Boston for two games and then uh looked got their butts handed to them against the Pacers, though admittedly missing probably their top four scorers. Oh yeah. Um, um and the Pacers look look good, but um speaking of Boston <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was running his a flat earther was running his mouth today. Well, here's the thing, and this is part of the the rant tonight. Um, I, I think Kyrie Irving just needs to just shut the f up. Like, we we get it, dude. You want to be in the spotlight. You want you you want to be respected. But at the end, of, at at a certain point, it's like, what, how many more like shots you got to take at Cleveland? I mean. You know, clear, who knows whether his his issues were with LeBron or with Dan Gilbert or with David Griffin, you know, or whoever wanted to. It seems like his slight came from like, you know, thinking that they wanted to trade him, and they they probably explored all options. We we know that they did that summer, but but he, the way he talks now makes it sound like. He'd been wanting out for a long time, and it's like, you know what, dude? Well, then why did you sign the five-year re-up? You know, because obviously there were 
there were some rumblings. I think Windhorst reported that you know he wasn't happy and wanted out. You know, in that in that hey, first. Hey, hey, Windhorst reported that to Robert Attenweiler, and it broke. That's right. Of the blog. Yeah, come on. That's right. Remember wow, your history. Sorry. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> you are. I, I forget things. Um, but I guess that's to, uh, it's just to prove the point of like, well, again, dude, if you weren't happy, don't don't sign the deal. I mean, he could have signed for four years and a little bit less money any other place he, that he wanted to go. He could have been a free agent. <laughs> so, right? so, so yeah, I mean, there's just so many things about this interview. Um, he thanked Boston for getting me out of Cleveland. Like, or here's his quote from today. Like, keep it real, said Irving, whose Celtics are now considered front runners in the East following LeBron James' decision decision to take his talents to Hollywood. If I was still in Cleveland, I would be like, everything that was foreseen to happen, happened. <laughs> right. I think and it, then, yeah. No, but then, and then also the, the whole, like, uh, the best thing he ever did was, was get out of, it, it, the best thing ever happened to him was Boston getting him out of Cleveland. Yeah. Where, where it's like, well, guess what, dude? Like, you only went to Boston because they were the only ones offering a, any kind of, like, number one draft pick. <laughs> At the at the time, because you forced, yeah. because you forced the hand. Not saying that they, I, I still was in the camp that they shouldn't have traded him. I mean, well, you know, I look thought, at you look know, what's happening I, with Butler right now. It's like, yeah. well, he might just have to play. <laughs> he might just have to play if yeah. he doesn't if he wants to still collect a paycheck. So, but my my point with Irving is to say something like that. It's like I get it. He just wants he just wants clicks. He wants you know he wants people you know talking about him. You know he's probably pissed off that he's. Still hasn't cracked the top ten in the the ESPN, you know, top players in in the NBA, uh, and you know that'll happen when you get hurt almost every year yeah. and it, with a new knee, with a new knee injury and you can't even show up in the building with your team for the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's that's the problem with Kyrie. It's always been about availability, right? Yeah. I mean, the one well, and the one year that he, you know, it's a, it's attitude too, you know. Um, well, sure. I think it was the best move for my career because it wasn't about any particular person or anything like that. It was just time. It was just time. It may not yeah. look like time for everybody else, everyone else, but for me it was time. And then did you hear his comments a few week, uh, a couple weeks ago about how he just wasn't that excited when he hit that game-winning shot and he was just yeah. kind of – he it didn't really hit him or anything. And, it's, you know, he was – and I'm like – Oh, God. You know how they well, talk, here's you know the how we talk about all he, all he makes he, he, what he does is with that is make himself look like an idiot. Well, yeah. And you know how we talk about fake smart fake t- tough guys? Kyrie Irving yeah. is a, a fake smart guy. <laughs> I mean, he just he just can't shut up. <laughs> and he just and Well, and that's just it. Like I I would get it if he was if he was healthy last year and his team had had beaten LeBron's Cavs, and I mean, talk all you want, dude. Talk yeah. all you want. Well, look but guess who, what? Look who else you talked. You weren't there. You weren't there. You got you got hurt again. You didn't even show up to support your team for a couple of those games. He wasn't there at Game Seven, was he? I don't, no, he wasn't. And yeah. your team lost, right? So, hey, how about how about actually go out and back up all the preseason hype that? Bill Simmons and all the other Boston fanboys are going to give you to say that your team's going to be 
the team that's going to unseat the Warriors as the the new NBA champs and win the you know tie tie the Lakers for their 16th or 17th championship or whatever the hell it is. But talk after you've actually proven something. Yeah, Kyrie well, Irving. By the way, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving hasn't proven anything since he hit that shot that he claims to not be to not be so stoked about in 2016. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, to me, look at, you know, the other guy who talked a lot without ever backing it up was Isaiah Thomas. And yeah. to me, there's a dangerous precedent there. First of all, you know, this whole thing of I'm going to resign with the Celtics. Well, there's no guarantee the Celtics want him back. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, from, from all, all reports, Danny Ainge was like thrilled when he saw that. And, yeah, you know. but but. Old Danny knows four knee surgeries in four years, you know. Oh, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Look, that would be the best thing because I think if, if Kyrie signs a new deal, that's a that's a sign and retire. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's that's yeah. a guards, Gilbert Arenas in Washington knee. contract to me. Yeah. Point, guards, point guards with knee injuries do not age well. No, they do not. And he how old is Kyrie now? Uh, I think he's 26 or 7 this year. God, that makes me feel old. <laughs> Is that right? That can't be right. Is that right? Um, now I gotta, look it up. I gotta look it up. Well, you Kyrie's talk about 26, 27 in March. Okay, 27. He'll be 27 in March, so he's 26 now. Well, here's right. the thing, though. I don't see, I don't see them taking down the Warriors this year. And in fact, I actually don't think the, I don't think the Celtics are gonna get out of the East. If you want my honest opinion, um, so because- for me, I I see the Celtics taking a bit of a step back this year. Um, and well, part of it is the sophomore janks on Jason Tatum. You know, I was I've not been impressed with them in preseason so far. They they seem very satisfied with themselves. Well, we've seen a lot of them too, and they clearly don't look like they're trying defensively. Well, that is true. But the other part of it is. What if Jason Tatum's like Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving's game didn't get any better between his, you know, rookie year and his sophomore year. Yeah. And it really didn't get any better between his rookie year and when LeBron came. So, yeah. you know, these really, you know, prescient rookies, they don't always have great sophomore seasons, you know. It's true. I mean, look, Tatum is a, is a physical freak and, and, yeah, I mean, he way out, way outperformed what I think anybody thought he could do last year, and was probably only, probably only, you know, it was it was too bad for him that that the NBA considered uh, Ben Simmons a rookie last year. Yeah, um, I guess there was also I think Mitchell the, would the have probably a, edged him out, but maybe, maybe, just cause but he, well, it's hard to say. Major markets hurt your cause, and yeah. But look, he was definitely up there. I mean, he was definitely deserving to be in that conversation. And you might be right. He might have a, a fall off. But here, the bigger thing to me is they they got a real rhythm in the second half of last year without Kyrie, without Hayward, where these young guys were playing a lot of minutes. They were long. They were physical. Um, you know, they 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 were playing good team defense. And these these young guys were hitting threes and getting runouts, and you know that's why they I think that's why they look so good in you know in the second half of the season and in the playoffs. Um, but 
Now they're going to have to work it, work back in Kyrie, who is ball dominant. They're going to have to work back in um, Hayward, who I mean he he certainly didn't look. I mean it takes a long time to recover from an injury like that, and he certainly didn't seem to be himself yet uh, in those. In and granted, it's preseason, so who knows? But I think that that to me that'll be why that'll be the their potential setback is that them having to try to figure out who they are. I think forget who covered them in the in the preseason uh the Atlantic Division. Was it was it David or Mike? I don't remember. But I remember just remember reading about the about the Celtics and thinking like, well, it's a good point. Like there's you know, it's the too many cooks uh problem. You know, it's the it's the well who's gonna take the ball and who's the what do you do what do you do with Terry Rozier and, you know, it, it, when it comes down to it in the playoffs, are you, are you, are you putting Rozier or Smart in for Kyrie because Kyrie is such a defensive sieve? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, those are the things I wonder yeah. about. Uh, I mean, and you're right. I mean, it could be a case of, of, uh, you know, of, of the young guys taking a step back, but eh, yeah, they I mean, could also be very young too. So, yeah. but oh, look, I'm not me, saying the they won't be, the they East, won't be one of the top teams, yeah. but to me, the top of the East is better than it was last year. Uh, oh, 100%. outside of Cleveland, you know, 100%. Uh, you know, Philly's got a year of maturity. You've got, uh, Toronto. Um, and then to me, I think the Pacers are the dark horse that they're just that. so much deeper than they were last year. Yeah. Um, you know, watching that game the other night, I mean, they got Evans coming off the bench. I think Evans as a secondary scorer in that crunch time lineup is, you know, that's the biggest thing they needed and they got it. So, well, and his three a, point shot looks really good right now. Yeah. Um, effortless. Yeah. Which is something that he never really had in, in his previous incarnations. So. <laughs> so, yes. So let's switch gears to the West a little bit. Um, where today's big news was uh, Jimmy Butler uh, <laughs> kind of going crazy. Uh, first practice back with his uh, Minnesota team, and then apparently took the end of the bench players, uh, took the third team, and ran the regulars off the floor. Um, <laughs> ran the starters <laughs> off the floor, and then had some mic drop moments uh <laughs> saying things like they ain't bleep they soft um and yelling at the gm <laughs> uh, yeah i just wonder like is he on something or you all need like... me to win um apparently sat down with rachel nichols <laughs> after who happened to be in town conveniently i mean um, just what a what a clown show like i, I just don't i don't get it, it i don't get the all the way around which is the best part of it. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 I look at these stars who, these stars who decide that they, they just don't want to be on a team anymore halfway through a contract. I'm just like, I, I have no sympathy for I'm like, you know what? You signed the deal, make it work. That's what you have to do in real life. Make it work. You don't get to just choose to like, you, you made a commitment. You honor, you, you made it, you signed a deal it was you, of your own volition. It's just not a rookie deal. You you weren't drafted, and now you have to play somewhere for you know for four or five years. You you made this. You made this. You got traded there, and you could have just you could have decided I don't want to resign, 
right? I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be a free agent and go somewhere else. And you didn't, right? So it's like, if you've got, if you got time left on the deal, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, uh, who else, who else pulled that? Uh, wasn't there somebody right before Kyrie or right after uh, Kyrie? Steve Francis got traded oh, yeah. out oh, of Oh, no, it, Ka- Kawhi. Kawhi. Kawhi, same yes. thing. It's like, um, come Mello on, guys. It's like, it's like, you know what? You made your bed, lie in it. If you don't like the team you're on, figure out how to make the team better. Or just play out your contract and go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, these guys are all just big babies. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. And, yeah. you know, it's funny that the Miami deal fell apart. Um, and I'd heard that they were asking for Josh Richardson and a protected number one, which seems like a no-brainer, um, you know, to to give that up. But uh, Josh, Josh Richardson, a nice young player, he hasn't really broken out yet. Maybe he will. But I also don't really understand the move from Miami other than just putting butts in seats in South Beach because well I've, I'm I'm of the opinion that Jimmy Butler is a you know top eight to twenty player depending on how you grade him and and one yeah, of the sure, best but, wings but in is the that league. is Jimmy Butler on that team get them to even the top four in the East? That's it's uh, maybe fourth. Yeah, that's okay. close. It's close. But, I mean, the other part of that is, you know, Pat Riley desperately wants to return to relevance before his, his window closes. Nah. The sockless um, curmudgeon's window closed uh, four year, four or five yeah. years ago. Yeah, and and as you said today, Bam Adebayo looked pretty darn good against uh, against old... Uh, yeah, Against uh, the brow, although I mean, look, we, these are all inflated. It's only preseason. Yeah, it's preseason. Nobody's really, although, nobody's really playing defense. But no, Bam's a nice player. If he can, you know, I mean, he certainly they should certainly have tried to find a way to offload Whiteside before in this past off season. But yeah, the problem yeah. is, is no one wants him, and no one wants Deion Waiters, and no one wants Tyler Johnson, and and no one wants any of their contracts because yeah, they're terrible, <laughs> terrible deals. Yeah, the fact that Tyler Johnson makes nineteen million dollars is slightly insane, <laughs> laughable, laughable. Yeah, and I can't remember who signed him to that offer sheet too. Like, it wasn't like two people signed Tyler oh, Johnson. It was the it was the Nets. Yeah, and the Nets, I guess it's a little bit understandable because they literally had no way to get assets. Yeah. <laughs> but they also kind of poison-pilled Miami with that. So Yeah. Well, they almost poison-pilled uh, Portland, too, but they Portland was smart enough to let Alan Crabb go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and now that is a guy they would love to get rid of. Well, so. yeah, anybody would. I mean... But I mean that's I mean because Alan Crabb's nothing better more than a, a volume scorer off the bench like that's right and I don't think he can streaky. I don't think he shot forty percent last year no so. he's super super <laughs> super streaky yeah he is not Lou Williams I mean that <laughs> yeah there's there's only one Lou Williams well now that Jamal Crawford is is ancient there's only one Lou Williams <laughs> well. So. I mean, you could say Corver is kind of in that. Although Corver's not the ball handler. Yeah, no, Corver is. Um, yeah, they they have different games. I mean, Corver does all the scoring without the ball for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's right, like there's it's some there's definitely things. some young guys that you look at and you say, yeah, he's got his his future is is uh, Jamal Crawford or Blue Williams. Yeah, 
and and yeah. one of those guys is not Jordan Clarkson, unfortunately. No, <laughs> although he can fill it up. I know there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of uh, downside on Jordan Clarkson, but I did you see that thing I I tweeted at you the other day where he was like third in per in the preseason? <laughs> yeah, with like a forty six per. Yeah, like yeah. These pe- these preseason. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how scoring shakes out in the NBA. Um, yeah. Because this new 14 seconds after the after an offensive rebound, pace definitely seems higher in the preseason. Well, there was something that, that uh, I think Ty Lue was quoted as saying that, that they have a 12-second clock in yeah. practice. Like, <laughs> Which cracks me up because there was a lot of walking the ball up the other night against Indy. Well, I don't I think, think anybody they, wanted I think to. They met their, I think yeah. they met their match. I mean, we, we've yeah, all talked about it. It's easy to play it. with a 12-second clock when you've got yeah. G-leaguers guarding <laughs> Yeah, but, but Indy is the what the Cavs yeah, what they want to be should sure. aspire to. I mean, you know, they they were the surprise team last year. Um, you know, but they have a they have a guy who elevated his game uh, finally for mm-hmm. five years of kind of like, is he going to translate? Is he not? And a no. couple of bad fits. If, you know, he was really kind of not the best fit in Orlando. It wasn't the best fit in it's OKC. It's hard to judge Orlando, though, just because that team has been so poorly run. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's but. what I guess I mean, like, just because it was a bad team. But then OKC was just a bad fit next to Russ. Yeah. And then Although he credits a lot of that with him getting better. So hopefully yeah, that, because, that's what I'm hoping the Chetty. Because he learned, he learned from what Russ did, and now he doesn't have to share the ball with someone like Russ. Yeah, and that's kind of hoping LeBron rubbed off on Chetty that way. So, did you see the Chetty quote the other day that yeah. um, Kyle Korver was talking about how he plays with so much joy, and yeah. his joy is infectious across the team. So, I'm excited. I'm excited to see regular season Chetty Osman. Uh, people are starting. Still, to... I saw where he still texts LeBron. He said, yeah. "Yeah, people are starting to get on the train of Chetty Osman might be good." So. Uh, well, I hope so. I think he will be. I think if he's oh, given a chance. He I mean, look, he, he certainly, I mean, we didn't see much of him in that third game because of the, the sore ankle, but. Yeah. Um, and and you're not, you're not taking any chances with anybody in preseason. No, you're just... no. But I mean, look, he, he was definitely filling up the statue in the way that LeBron used to. I mean, not to that degree, but, you know, he was well on his way to a triple double in both of the first games against Boston. So, you know, it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a learning year for him, but I, I do hope that he, I hope that he has the, like, I'd much rather see Chetty Osman take, try to take a game over than, than Rodney Hood. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I think he's the only guy maybe on that team right now capable of it. I hope Colin Sexton has some of that in him, but it, he seems like he's deferring a lot still. Can do a degree if they run it through the elbow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kevin Love, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think Sexton's deferring a lot, passing a lot. Um, yeah. We'll see. I I long term, I think George Hill needs to go for. Um, Chetty Osman, or not Chetty Osman. Well, a little bit him too, but, uh, Colin Sexton's long-term development. So. I think you're right. And I think, uh, I think he <laughs> needs to go sooner rather than later. Yeah. And you know what? The Spurs really need a point guard now. And, and so. so do the Suns. So, <laughs> I mean, I think they should get in a bidding war. <laughs> but I think the Spurs have, I mean, the Suns, 
look, James Jones is not dumb enough because I think they're going to make James freaking Jones the the GM there, and they should. Hey, I would. So the Cavs yeah. should, so Cav should have done. No offense, Kobe Altman, if you're listening. Um, but I, I just I think James I, I don't think a smart James guy James wanted that job. <laughs> no, but I don't think he was offered it either. Wow, so that could be it too because he was one of LeBron's guys, and there's yeah. But I think I think James Jones, if he takes over there, like I just don't I don't see him falling for that for that banana in the tailpipe <laughs> exactly. of George Hill. So, yeah. but I do see George Hill going back to where he's had success once upon a time and with the Spurs because he's the kind of guy that I think Pop would trust yeah. to help shore that up over there and and help them you know keep hover around the four or five seed. I, I think it's going to be – I think if the Spurs are smart, they will blow it up. But the other thing is is I don't think Pop wants to blow it up. I think Pop wants to compete as, mu- as much as he can before he retires. So, Oh, yeah. Pop's not blowing it up before he retires. So that me- might mean that if they blow it up the end of this year that he retires at the end of this year. Yeah, that could be it too. Yeah, I mean I, – because I really see – I mean, yeah. That t- the problem with that team. I'm going to pull up the trade machine. <laughs> I don't. I, I just don't know if they have the salary to pick up George Hill because he makes 19 million dollars this year. So, if I'm the Cavs, I I agree to eat some of that. To I don't just to, just to get just to get him. Can't they do that? I don't. I don't, they can't really. Unfortunately, we'll take some take some salary back. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. They no. They have to take salary back. The problem yeah. is, is they don't have a lot of guys with big contracts. I think it would end up being probably. Um, oh right, because I don't have Danny Green anymore. I always forget. Yeah, that. it would probably be Paul Gasol. That's fine. Um, or or um, maybe a combination of Rudy Gay and David Bertans, but I don't think they want to give those guys up either. That's- no, I think they. I think those two guys are way more useful to Pop's system than than Gasol right now. I think it's a, probably a lot more likely that he ends up there after the Cavs trade him somewhere and he gets bought out. Yeah, that could be. That you could know, be. Or the Cavs buy him out towards the end of the season to save themselves some money, although I think his contract could be... I think they could get a first round pick out of that contract just as an expiring, but we shall see. I don't know. It seems I mean, I don't even know if they could get a, a first round pick out of Corver from a from a uh a Well, contender. they would have to take a bad contract back with it. Well, I w- I'm saying like at the t- getting close to the deadline. Yeah. I, I think a team like Philly is really going to be desperate for shooting. Yeah. Um to to make that next step cuz you know, because they lost all their Euro shooting from last oh, yeah. year. So, but if you're the you know. uh, Heat and you're trying to find somebody to take Dion Waiters, um, how many first round <laughs> picks are you going to give up to uh, to ship him out? And a guy like George Hill is a guy that can clear your books next season. So, bring Saint Weirdo home. <laughs> I I certainly like Saint Weirdo as a third point guard more than I like. Um, Dude, he'd be like John Bagley in his prime. <laughs> exactly. He'd look like him, too. Exactly. Um, so, other roster decisions. Dion, I've gained too much waiters. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. So, other roster decisions. The Cavs are... Can I just say, before we get to the other roster, roster yeah. decisions, that it's happened. 
and it's happened way sooner than I thought, and because it, it's only the preseason, I found myself tonight. This is this is like blasphemy. I found myself tonight rooting for the Warriors over the Lakers. I know, right? No, I'm sitting here watching the game with. I'm you. like, I can't believe this is happening, and I'm yeah. like trying to get my brain around it because yeah, I'm it's like really hard to get your brain around. And then like I was watching like LeBron see... knock down like the fifth, like forty foot, you know, shot yeah. to close the half, and I don't know. I'm just you know, and I I can't I I'm like I can't stand Steph Curry with his mouthpiece, and how, why isn't or, somebody or KD scowling at the ref because he we well, you know KD fouled KD fouled out of a preseason game oh, like two minutes oh. into the third quarter. Oh, that was he fouled out with that. That's he awesome. Fouled out, yeah. That's awesome. I think something. Then there was a meme saying like him him saying like I didn't want to be here anyways. Part two because <laughs> of what Steve Kerr said the other right. night. That is so funny. But just ah, uh, these Lakers are so annoying. Oh, it's so, like I, it's like they couldn't like LeBron couldn't have assembled a a a more annoying like group of vets and you know and just young young, yeah, young I mean, kids that have done anything yet. It just it's mind mind blowingly awful. And I live out here, and I was like. Uh, friends of mine are like, well, aren't you going to root for LeBron now? He's on the Lakers and you live out here. And I'm like, I have to think about it. And I'm like trying to imagine what that looks like. And then I'm like, no, I'm good. No, <laughs> no I, I really don't. I really don't have to. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that LeBron's LeBron's found his joy and, and, you know, has so many film projects that he set up this summer. And <laughs> I hope that he's starting I, in May. <laughs> hey, look, selfishly, for my business purposes, like LeBron in LA is a is a really is really good for me, but but as a basketball fan, like I just it's just another. I I know that every every late night game now that I which is not a late night game for me, which is a you know seven thirty start for me, is either going to be the Lakers or the or the Warriors, yeah. and it's just you know it's I'm not going like, to be the Clippers. It's enough to make me like want to cancel TNT. So, <laughs> so have you seen uh, Allie Clifton in her analyst role out there? No, not yet because the games have only been on like national TV. Oh, okay. So I watched the and I and to be honest, I, you have to have Spectrum to get all the Laker games. Oh, okay. It's on national TV and Spectrum is like the what used to be Time Warner Cable, right, right, and I don't right. have cable. I have Directv and. The thing out here in in California, this is with the Dodgers and with the Lakers, is that if you don't have Spectrum, the, the you can't get the games. Like if you just have Directv, you can't get the games. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine with me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's so, odd. So I won't be seeing a mu- much, if if any, of of Allie Clifton. Oh, it's a bummer. But I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I feel like Allie. To me, Allie's like I feel I, I've. Feel a, a little bit like Allie, like I did about about Windhorst when when he left and started covering the Heat. <laughs> it's like I get it. I get the. I yeah, get you, the. You gotta follow the money. Yeah, that's yeah, your career. The money. But... If someone comes at you and says, "Hey, well, how'd you like to be the not just be the color sideline person, but be the host of the of the show?" Um, you you know, in a major market, you take that. I get it, but I don't know, there's something about the. I don't know. I I enjoyed the road trip and podcasts, and yeah. I I enjoyed her sideline work, and I, I would never. Be, I would much rather the Cavs have 
promoted her uh, in place of Jeff Phelps or in place of, you know, Fred or AC. I'd be happy with, with any of those things. But you know, this this people will probably not like my take on this, and that's fine with me. I just I, I think that's one of those like, eh, whatever. I, I'm okay not ever having to listen to Allie Clifton again. Yeah, I got stuck into watching this sucked into watching this stupid game that the Lakers are going to lose because yeah. they were up by like 15 and now they're up by five. So because it's Golden State and this and, is Golden State's like fourth fourth string guys. And the Lakers are going to make so many dumb turnovers this year. Oh, and yeah. the only reason they're in this game, by the way, is the fact that the Golden State has not handled the ball well. I think they've got no, 20. they got like 20 some turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, uh, yeah, just to say I'm, I'm fine. I know that was a long answer to the <laughs> Allie Clifton question, but whatever. I, I, yeah, no. I can, it's, I my have, old man. it's my old man. I told you I'm, I'm a get-off-my-lawn guy tonight. Yeah, so. I can, and I can't stand watching that team. I just – I mean, I, I enjoy watching it and rooting against them. I enjoy the – some people would say the spectacle. I'm rooting for a debacle, you know. <laughs> Me too. I want it to be, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, me too. I'm rooting for the train wreck. And yeah. you know, look, LeBron had to. <laughs> LeBron we all love reality television. Rebounds tonight, like yeah. or ten or whatever. Like, you know, he he's, he's going to have to be their best ball. rebounder. Yeah, they don't have any other good rebounders on that team. Well, I mean, they got you Javale McGee, but you know, they don't have any other good rebounders on that team. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know how I know you like Ingram, but man, tonight he just I, I was like, God, he just looks like a. He just looks like a sleepy clown with those like long white yeah, tights. He reminds there. me of Sam Perkins. <laughs> yeah, but but like a clown with those things. like yeah. well, long white tights is not a good look. No, it's not. And your legs are already like like pogo sticks. Like, why would you do that to yourself? And remember all that talk about how uh, Lonzo Ball's shot was fixed. Yeah, it, it's not. No, <laughs> of course not. Yeah. Lonzo airball tonight. Yeah, Lonzo needs to get out of L.A. He needs to get away from his dad. Well, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, oh, I think he'll be is, gone by midseason. This, this this feels to me like like the Dion when when it was like yeah. Dion and Kyrie and Kevin with LeBron and and then it was like one of these things has got to go <laughs> with Dion. If, right? if you don't get a rose, get the fudge out. <laughs> yeah, and it just feels like. We're gonna see those. I mean, maybe not as much with Lonzo because he's not really a scorer. He's more of a more of a facilitator. But that's what LeBron does. So yeah, and that's what. Uh, oh, Rondo does. Rondo yeah. does. Yeah, I mean, you can play with one or two, maybe two really high assist guys on your team. There's no room for three. <laughs> Why is Lance Stevenson on this team? <laughs> because LeBron doesn't want to play against him anymore. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, he I mean, should have got, got he should have got like a Morris twin or two on this team too. Oh yeah, the which one? The stupid one. <laughs> the stupid one. Yeah. By the way, that's your greatest tweet of all time. <laughs> wow, that's sad. That that's my greatest tweet. No, of all I time. I have been quoting it for for two weeks now. <laughs> which Morris twin are you? Oh yeah, the stupid one. <laughs> 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 just cracked By the way, what's funny is I don't actually disagree with 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 his sentiment that Tristan was taking oh, crazy yeah. pills. Ain't, ain't bleep going through uh, Cleveland this year? Yeah, yeah but like, but I just I hate the Morris twins. So well, that you and know. you you gotta you know I can call my brother a jerk, but you can't call my brother a jerk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Tristan's a guy that probably should be gone too. But yeah, the, I think he looked pretty good in the even in the indie game. Like he was one of the few in, in the plus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so can we get on one of my rants? One of my rants. Yeah. Larry Nance got to start playing better. Larry Nance yeah. has two or three plays a game where he just does something really, you know, not smart, and just yeah. makes a really bad decision, and it just drives me up the wall. Like. I mean, and he's had good games in the preseason. <laughs> he's got a 20 PER. <laughs> but, um, but like, he just makes, like, when he, he's got to realize that when he starts a game, even if it is preseason, he can't pick up dumb fouls. Like, yeah. he picks up so many stupid fouls or turnovers. Like, yeah. I don't know if I love this whole anybody can bring the ball up ethos. Cause it well, always... get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, because like, that's the new philosophy. But he did I, one I the other night saying. where he like brought it up and then was handling the ball at the top of the key, and of course nobody's guarding him, and he just whips the ball at the point guard and turns it over. And I'm like, yeah. what, what is this? Why are they doing that? But well, not, I just my, feel like my... he's just got to start yeah. playing with more force, more intelligence on every play like he's got to stop playing like a young guy and start playing like a vet steal yeah I well mean, that's probably still a young guy he's only 25 so yeah. but i i i don't know i kind of hope like it's it's weird like you know i i fall into the trap of like expecting him to be like his old man and that's just not going to happen because he doesn't have his old man's shooting touch at least not yet no and so and that's he's got his old man's hops, but like, sure. but like you said, like he's weirdly he picks up fouls and makes mistakes without being aggressive enough. But like, he's I'd be aggressive, okay he but not being... in a good way. Like, yeah, it's like not smart aggression. Like the other night, they're in the penalty, and he tries to steal an offensive rebound from a guy that's clearly already got the ball. Yeah. and you know, you're giving a, the other team two free throws, ninety four feet from the basket. Right. You know, that's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with picking up a loose ball foul when you're going for an offensive rebound, but not when the guy already has the ball and you're just slapping at it. You yeah, know what I mean? That's true. That's true. It's just not smart basketball. I mean, well, let's hope it's him working out the kinks in the preseason and, yeah, and you know, that'll be the better. But between a bench player and a starter, too, because the bench player, you know, he can foul out. He can afford to pick up those fouls. But if Larry wants to be a starter, he can't pick up fouls like that. Yeah. Well, that's my fear too. Is that uh, is that Tyloo, if when faced with guys making dumb mistakes like that, will just default and start Tristan all the time. And just yeah. like with you know the starting Rodney Hood and George Hill in the backcourt all the time. Or, yeah, or I'm just going to ride Kyle Corver for the entire third quarter. Yeah, which, it's which is weird. fine. It's good to run an offense around that, but that's not a great long-term solution because Kyle Corver's thirty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> you know. No, I mean you've got to keep Kyle healthy enough to be a valuable chip at the deadline. Well, that and you know you've got to use him to get other guys going too. You know, yeah, put him I don't know in, for sure, but I mean, yeah, no, I, you're, you're right. Like, I mean, you use, I mean, you don't want to play Kyle more than like 15, 20 minutes a night. I don't think. 
Yeah, like the one they they run some sets. I'm trying to remember who was running all the pin downs for Kyle. And it, oh yeah, it was Tristan Thompson. It's like, well, the problem with that is everybody knows that Tristan can't fade. Yeah, you know, he's he's gonna dive or he's not gonna do anything. So you know, run him with somebody who can actually shoot. Right. <laughs> you know, run that pin down with somebody who can actually shoot. Like like Channing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they they don't do that. So I yeah, I, I, I hope I they are spending this week kind of perfecting their offense and. And and their defense a little bit. Uh, well, I I'm bummed out that Nawaba is injured. Yeah, uh, and I'm bummed out that Jetty, you know, turned the ankle and only played five minutes the other night. Yeah, um, you know, because honestly, though, I think those that those are their two best energy guys. Um, you yeah, know, I, I think, we haven't even seen Nawaba play yet, and there's only one preseason game left. So, in a groin, yeah. he hurt his groin, which isn't good. So, yeah, and we're we're looking at the end of the roster here, and there's what one roster spot if you think Nawaba has a guaranteed contract, which I believe he does. I think he does. Yeah, um, yeah, he's because he's the, the Cavs control his rights even next year if they want. Yeah. But um, so that leaves it down to Isaiah Taylor, John Holland, um, Bonzi Colson, and uh, Sam Deck or not Sam Decker and um, Preston. Yeah, Billy Preston with the you know. But the Preston, last roster Preston spot. and Holland, Preston and Holland are their two two way guys, right? Right. And John Holland actually had a good game at the end of the game last night. Yeah, uh, the, but the one that's in, in, he was like he's like who's that guy the master oh, yeah. of like you know f- about of scoring lots of points when the score doesn't matter right Oh yeah no and he also will disappear for two or three games when he plays like we saw this in Vegas and we saw this here or in preseason and then oh he'll have a big game and it's like well he's also like thirty right Yeah um so my thought is John Holland needs to go and Bonzi Colson needs to stay I'm with um, you on that. You know, John Holland and his twenty nine. Did you see Lance just blow that dunk? What? Did you see Lance just blow that dunk? No, I missed it. I missed it. I was looking up stats on uh, John Holland, (laughs) but um, is it a shacked in a full moment? It's a meme. That's a meme. It's meme worthy. Yeah, he took off from like the side. He didn't even have the good grip on the ball. It's so weird. He looked like what Sam is Lance Decker doing? trying to dunk on... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. There was nobody there to block him. Like, Sam Decker got stuffed twice. Yeah, just the rim was there to block him? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, People say that there's no harm in taking a flyer on a guy like Sam Decker. My, my contention or my rebuttal would be the harm is that he takes valuable minutes away from other guys who should be playing. Somebody could actually play in the NBA. Yeah, I I just don't understand these people that watch Sam Decker play and think there's. See, my thing is, is if you're a role player in the NBA, you have to have a specialty. You have to have a skill of one thing. <laughs> I just saw the dunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dunk Lance. oh, Lance! Oh, Lance! <laughs> oh man, Lance gonna Lance. Yep. <laughs> the ref is laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Sam Decker is like I, I every time I see him I just wanna you know, the 
the Howdy Doody theme comes yeah. on in my yeah. brain, and I'm like, oh god, here we go again. And his his shot is just so broken. I mean, he's like his shot might be worse than Lonzo's. Yeah, well, Lonzo at least doesn't have a hitch in it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, I'm trying to think of who. I've never seen a guy with a hitch that was anything other than you know a mediocre big man. That yep. you know, it's a hitch in his giddy up. It goes yeah. with the whole the whole 1950s cowboy persona. There you go. Yeah. So I'm certainly hoping that you know they do not get rid of Bonzi Colson, who I think could be really good. Um, yeah, or at least is intriguing skill set. Uh, and you know, twenty point per game score in college and had a really good college career. Kind of has that. Uh, Look, he's, he's raw because he, yeah, yeah, because he he didn't even get it really get a summer, no, any sort of summer work because of the, the broken foot, right? So yeah, and I'm I'm I guess I'm just a little concerned that you know somebody else is going to grab him if the Cavs get rid of him and give him a two way deal. And, probably Golden State. Probably, and I just I John Holland to me is not a guy. Like, no, you know that it's all well and good. He had a nice preseason game, but it's kind of fool's gold if you ask me. Yeah, so. John Holland needs to be playing games in like Greece. Yeah, exactly. Or China. Or, or you know, Mex- Mexico down with uh, Kenny Powers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and so this sort of leads so you're, me. So you're pretty uh, on the same boat I am with the, the oh, end yeah. of the roster. Yeah. I think you got to keep. I think you got to keep Bonzi Colson. I think he becomes your other two-way yeah. player in place of Holland, along with. With Billy Preston, I think you let those guys go down to Canton and just learn the way that you know, and just play the way that that Zizic did last year. Yeah. And I think and then uh, Isaiah I, Taylor I, is your yeah, third point. Keep guard. Isaiah Taylor is a guy that can actually you know handle the ball on your third string. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they only have they need a third point guard, especially if you know George Hill. Trade, trade Hill. Yeah, yeah. So which. I mean, if he's not, then they're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the other thing that drove me nuts the other night. It was far too much. And we saw this last year. Far too much J.R. Smith playmaking. (laughs) Well, I like that he's that he is trying to be a playmaker rather than just a a conscienceless gunner, because I think that'll help with what ties seems to be trying to do with the with the motion offense, because that's the problem with Jr. and with with Clarkson is those guys tend to hijack the offense when yeah. they're just when they're just you know taking the ball and shooting it. So I like that that's his instinct. The problem is it's not really his forte. I mean he he's been a, a sneaky good passer over in at and for moments over the the last couple of years, but it, it hasn't really he's, been he's given lebron really bad passes that lebron's done really good things yeah yeah i mean you can throw the ball like you know like five feet behind the rim if you've got lebron to reach back and still windmill dunk it through with with one hand and make some crazy you know acrobatic thing happen but yeah you're right i mean look it's not his forte it's not his first you know yeah. it's not what he's necessarily good at and what's what's happening to your point which is he seems like he's starting to like like give, like give up on threes that he he has wide open, right? So yeah. I don't know if it's a if confident. It's like, dude, it's preseason. Bomb away. Like who cares, yeah. right? Like get your stroke, get your stroke ready for the regular season. 
But, you know, maybe that's, again, that maybe that's what Tyloo's telling him. It's like, JR, I want you to be a playmaker when you're out there. Yeah, the other thing about the last game that drove me a little nuts was uh, the amount of long twos they're taking is, does not seem like good basketball. No. <laughs> and at that kind of, especially early in the shot clock, it's like, yeah, I know you got a 12 second shot clock, but just running down and gunning a two is not, you know, gunning a long two is just bad offense. So yeah. That, that scares me a little bit. And if, you know, I'm of two minds that the Cavs could be good because I really like their young players, but they also have Tyloo running an offense that could be disastrous and kind of eschew current NBA trends. So we, we will see kind of what happens. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, and this kind of brings me to my next point, which is, do we, are we, do we live in too much of a bubble, uh, given you know what we do, which is cover the this cover the game, yeah, and and you know really kind of like trying to find the try to find the silver linings and things with these these players that don't seem to be getting a lot of love on a on a national level. Not that the Maybe. Cavs. Are- get a lot of respect anyways i mean even when lebron was here there was always the the doubt about about cleveland right and usually that that focuses around everyone's everyone outside of cleveland's hatred of dan gilbert somehow but um but the but this idea of well it's just kevin love and poor kevin love because He's got to be Minnesota Kevin Love, and and he'll probably get hurt doing that. So, and then it's going to look there's going to be a real dumpster fire, and then <laughs> he's really got nothing around him. And you know, this sort of carryover idea of you know LeBron didn't have it's like the SNL sketch, you know, like LeBron and and a Roomba and a you know <laughs> a, a dude in jean shorts and you know whatever, like because there's there's no help. And now you're saying like, well, now LeBron's gone, and now it's just Kevin Love with with a bunch of guys that are no help. Um, but I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily feel that way. But I, it seems like a lot of the the national pundits do, even guys that I respect, like the Zach Lowe's of the world, are sort of you know really down on on what the Cavs are and what they're trying to do. And I see no mention of Jetty Osman or Colin Sexton outside of like, well, he's a He's a, you know, number eight pick in the draft and let's see, you know, I mean, it's just, it, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a, there seems to be like a lot of negativity about, well, I think about it's an team. easy narrative and reporters are lazy. Um, you know, narratives are really lazy. I got in an argument today with a guy <laughs> talking about how a team, he said a team that hates each other, uh, can't win in the playoffs and my rebuttal was the Cavs made the finals four straight years yeah. and uh, and he was like it took him like five tweets back and forth for him to realize that I was saying the Cavs hated each other <laughs> and he right. was like couldn't figure that out I was like oh you're a Boston fan you wouldn't get it because the Cavs get up for wrecking Boston you know <laughs> but you're yeah. gonna see it um you know, LeBron is going to take nights off and he's going to drive his teammates nuts. And it, you know, it happens. Yeah. (laughs) It's a thing. And so, you know, yeah, you live in a bubble, but you also see the non-national TV games. And the, the unfortunate thing, you know, maybe the Lakers aren't going to have a lot of non-national TV games. Uh, That, I mean, I think, 
I would have bet that like a third of their games are going to be on national TV. So, oh yeah. So it, it's going to be a little weirder, but you know, I mean, every one of their preseason games have been. <laughs> yeah, but you definitely live in a bubble. If you don't work, live in a work in a uh, or uh, do basketball in a major market, like if you're in Utah, you know, nobody knew till the playoffs how good Donovan Mitchell was. You know, oh, you or, did. Well, yeah, but you know. <laughs> But a lot of the, you know, the casual fan and the NBA media. No, I mean, true. yeah, there's there's highlights, but or uh, you look at uh, Portland. You know, nobody knows how good uh, CJ McCollum is. You know, unless you're a diehard NBA fan. You know, right. if you're just a casual fan, and you just follow these guys. You know, sporadically, you just don't know. I mean. Yeah, that's a good or, point. You know, nobody knows except you that Bam Adebayo had twenty six and twelve on Anthony Davis last night. So. <laughs> well, I'm sure Heat fans know. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. No, I mean you have to follow it closely, and and I guess I'm just surprised a little bit is that you know it's sort of this like, and again, I can't help but think that now, you know. Uh, I, Kevin Love's still, I think, well respected, and you know, still thought of as a as an all star outside outside of it. But I think you know, you can't say Kevin Love now in a national perspective without including Minnesota Kevin Love. Like it's just seems to be like the adjective that follows him now that he's expected to be the number one scoring, rebounding, whatever option, and that he's really the only star they have until Colin Sexton either proves that he that he can be one or doesn't. And I don't know. I think I think there's this just it's just interesting to me, I guess. And maybe it's because I live out here in L.A. and you know, and and I and I'm just deluged with you know with everything Lakers now. Um, hey, everything in L.A. is a narrative. <laughs> Everybody's trying to sell you a story. No, I know, I know that. I mean, that's been my business. But I know at the same. But at the same time, it's like. You know, come on, guys. Like, be be smarter NBA fans than that. You know, like just just think about. It. But it's not even the fans. It's like like Dave Pash. Like Dave Pash tonight, and I tweeted this that Dave Pash seems seems ill informed to be, uh, you know, calling this game because he was calling it with Mark Jackson in place of uh, Van Gundy. So, and there there was a moment where. It's funny because it was right after, and I'll, I'll this will sound like a longer story than it is, but so uh, you know they they do those coach interviews at the end of quarters, right? Mm-hmm. And so Dave Pash was who's announcing the game with with Mark Jackson is doing double duty because you know it's preseason, whatever. So he runs he goes over across court to interview Steve Kerr at the 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 first quarter break just to say hey you know whatever like. And Steve Kerr does his usual thing where he's sort of, you know, being Steve Kerr and being ironic and, you know, laughing at himself. And and then he said, didn't you – weren't you just over there? And he's like, yeah, I had to run over and do the double duty. And then he started bagging on Mark Jackson for, like, not doing anything. He's like, what, what's Mark doing? Like, why isn't he – why can't he come over here? And, you know, and like, what's what's he doing? Like, like almost like this kind of, like, jab at, like, oh, right, I, I'm repl- I replaced you and you're not doing anything except you can't – like, all you can do is, like, sit there and – and wait to talk in the microphone, and Mark Jackson kind of like, like alluded to that was he says Steve Kerr just bagging on me, and and you know they had like a laugh about it or whatever, and I and I thought well that's 
that sort of made me like Steve Kerr a little bit more because, you know, it's funny that he's bagging on, on Mark Jackson because Mark Jackson was a terrible coach. But, um, <laughs> but then, but then shortly, shortly after that, there were, um, Mark Jackson and Dave Pash got into this conversation about, about three peats and how, you know, are the, are the Warriors talking about it, you know, and showing the, you know, the, the Bulls and the Lakers of the early 2000s and, you know, the, the Celtics of like the 70s when, you know, these are the only teams that have, you know, that have been able to, to three-peat, quote unquote, right? And, um, probably always bummed out Pat Riley, the Southwest curmudgeon that the Heat couldn't, couldn't, uh, do that since he, you know, since he, didn't he trademark that word at one point, right? So he, he, did, he yeah. gets all the royalties from that. But yeah. anyways, this is, I know I said it wouldn't be a long story, but essentially getting to the core of it, which is, so Dave Pash started talking about it saying like, well, I mean, you could make a case that it really should be like a five peat that they're about to do, right? I mean, cause there's that one blip, you know, in the season where they won 73 games and, you know, I mean, who didn't think they were going to win that series once they were up three one? And I, I respect Mark Jackson because he cut him off and he's like, he's like, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't belittle what the, what the Cleveland Cavaliers did. You know, he goes, they had, they had plenty of injuries in, you know, in 2015 where, you know, or twenty six, what? Yeah, twenty fifteen, where they should have, or was it twenty fourteen? It should have been a much more competitive series. Yeah, where it should have been a much more competitive series. Yeah, where it was still a competitive and, series. Yeah, and Dave Patch was like, "Well, come on, you know, did 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 you think they were they were gonna pull it off when when they were down three one?" And and Mark Jackson said, "Look, I, I I don't know, but it wasn't over until it was over. I mean, clearly they had the best player in the world. They you know they they were capable of doing doing anything. It's a it's the NBA finals." And it just, you could just tell that, you know, Pash was like, well, let's agree to disagree because they're, you know, because the, the Warriors are just this. And I kept thinking like, dude, I don't, did you watch the, the games before, you know, Kevin Durant joined this team? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah. You know, like, it's just, it's amazing how short sighted. And this is a guy who's paid to call national television games on, on TNT. And, I know he's not, well, yeah, you know, he's not Van Gundy yeah. or or even Mark Jackson, who has an appreciation for the game and played the game and understands what it's about. It's just, it's just sensationalism, you well, know. Yeah, but that's everything. But also, you got to remember, he's a talking head. You know, <laughs> I guess to just run his mouth. Um, you know, Ron Burgundy will read literally anything you put on but the teleprompter. I understand what you're saying, but you could you can run your mouth and still know what the hell you're talking about. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean you're gonna. I mean, it's not a guarantee. I mean, oh, clearly not. I mean, mo- I mean, most of where there's the people that run their, that do like, know what they're talking about and then run their mouth so much that their mouth gets ahead of their brain. You know, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Who just takes every game as a uh, as a uh, referendum on officiating? Yeah, <laughs> you know, random calls in the second quarter that um, that don't matter on a ten minute verbal essay. I know. <laughs> so, I feel like I'm a little I'm a little Van Gundy tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. Did you see where Stan, the Angry Hedgehog, is was on the the halftime show? Yeah, I was with um, it's him and Beetle him and, and yeah, Beetle and Jalen. Oh, I was like, well, the least well informed uh, talking head <laughs> there is Jalen Rose. Well, I was saying, I was saying, like, at least it wasn't you know, like 
Jalen with C Web and Elmin Al Hassan because you know that's the God. that's the vortex spiral of death right there. Who was talking about? Oh, what was it? Yeah, I put the uh, I had the tweet today that if uh, if Jalen Jalen Rose or uh, C Web and Reggie Miller didn't think that uh, Miami should trade. Uh, Oh, oh uh, Richardson? Richardson. I was like, well, that's an endorsement for doing it right there. I mean, <laughs> two of the brightest minds in the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Exactly. T.O. himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, well, I mean, and, the and what's, and what's interesting is that and what's interesting is that Kyrie got them both to do, to be in his Uncle Drew movie, which tells you all you need to know, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It tells you everything you need to know. Them and was Nate Robinson in it? Uh, I don't know. I probably. Was, yeah, and of course Wes wasn't in it, so. Nope. <laughs> no, because you know, yeah. Kyrie Kyrie doesn't doesn't want to think about his time in Cleveland. He's yeah. that was that was that was, that was like being was a, it was like great. being in hell, right? Yeah. I mean, that was like at, it was at, like having his having his skin peeled off of his body. Hell at fifteen million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, winning championships. Yeah. yeah, or at least a championship. Yeah, well. Exactly. I'd love to go back and just show like like I feel like someone must have like like Clockwork Orange Kyrie because you know I he's think just, Kyrie Clockwork Orange Kyrie <laughs> maybe he did I don't know it just you just wonder what planet he's on you know well it it's a very it's flat one where one. it looks like the Earth is flat right yeah, yeah exactly it's a flat <laughs> circle you need uh, <laughs> what was uh, Matthew McConaughey's character in uh, in True Detective <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Russ. Ru- Russ Cole. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but we got the superstar who stayed. Uh, I've been just really uh, impressed with Kevin Love this entire oh, offseason. Yeah. Um, saying all the right things, you know, trying to be a mental health adv- advocate. I'm going to try his uh, Headspace app that he was oh. uh, promoting and, and see if I can do a little guided meditation. Nice. Um, I know that's, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, no, I definitely. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can use uh, whatever help I can get when it comes to mental health. So, can't we all? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but exactly. I, I'm with you. I think yeah, Kevin Love's been a great spokesperson for for this team, for this town, and you know, look, who'd have thought he would have been the guy that stayed out of yeah. out of all of them. Yep. And you know what? Thank God they got him instead of Andrew Wiggins, who clearly looks like part of the problem in Minnesota. Yeah, and the most wrong I have ever been was the Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins trade because I was diametrically opposed to it. So, well, and that was my biggest is, whiff ever. The truth is, who knows? I mean, yeah. if if Andrew Wiggins is on a team with LeBron James for four years, then it's maybe he's a, a different, different player situation. too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he is the the guy that could take over for him once he's once he left, but but probably not. Like maybe it's he's funny. Scotty it's, Pippen. Well, it's funny that that Wiggins was was so tout, highly touted as a defensive player coming out of college, and and then that's the the been the part of his game that that's really fallen apart in the last two years. Well, what was it? Jimmy Butler said today that you know. Um, he said something along the lines of Cat is the most talented player on this team. Um, Andrew Wiggins is one of the greatest athletes in the NBA, and I'm the guy that plays hardest on this team, and they don't play hard. You know, yeah. something to that effect. It's like, 
half of it is just playing hard. And I feel like there is a thing of you give some of these guys too much too early and you look at it with Kyrie, you know, these guys that they immediately sign into a max deal. Not everybody has the mental toughness to excel in that situation. Yeah. You know, some people just sign and retire. They don't have that competitiveness. Yeah. Or, just like Kyrie will in next year. <laughs> exactly. Kyrie Arenas. <laughs> yeah. Gilbert Irving, as I call him. Seriously. Yeah. He might be. He really oh, might be. I, 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 that knee is a ticking time bomb. So, and, and yeah, I might be a bit of a hater, but yeah, it's. But we, let's be fair. We were haters when he was here. Yeah, well, we like we we yeah. they go back and look at how many articles we wrote about about Kyrie's Kyrie. liabilities and you know just all of I mean really bef- like all of it leading up yeah. to when he finally the light kind of came on and and he really became this sort of unstoppable force in the in the second half of 2016. But yeah. he had his moments. He had the double nickel game and the 57 points against uh, the Spurs against Spurs, but. You and know, and, I mean, and he had the shot, you know, the greatest the shot. shot in NBA history. history. Yeah, or at least yeah. finals history, yeah. Well, I mean, what's bigger than the finals? No, absolutely. There's game seven of the finals, no less. So, The last made shot of game seven of the finals. Yeah. The shot, the, blo- the block, the shot, and the stop. Yeah, and we'll always have that. And nothing yeah. that that Kyrie Irving says is revisionist history, <laughs> as a as a as a as an ungrateful recalcitrant recalcitrant d bag will take anything away from that. He can't. He physically can't because yeah. none of us will let him in our own memories and minds. Yeah. There so you take go. that and put that in your in your flat earth pipe and smoke it, Mister <laughs> Irving. So yeah, we we have. Uh, I th- I think we've beaten this podcast to death. So uh, that's yeah. how far that's away. Two guys too. I know. How far away are we from the uh, the tip off of the regular season? I believe it is next Thursday, isn't it? Is it? Is it that soon? Might be. I don't know. I think there's one last game against Detroit on Friday, right? And then and then there's like. Seven days off until they play again, or maybe six. Yeah, or maybe yeah. I bet you it is Friday. I bet you they are doing a Friday tip. I don't think they. I don't think they're the. They are. They aren't on opening night. I don't think. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although they are playing the the Raptors, aren't they, to open the season? Cavs. Um. Or, yes, they are. So, so uh, October sixteenth. Kind of so we're about five days right? away. Why? Kawhi Leonard's first game in a Raptors. Oh, meeting? it's a Tuesday. Okay, so it's next Tuesday is tip off. Oh, ah, uh, so that is soon. Yep. So the first couple then, of games are on the road, right? I don't think they play at the Q until like game three or four. Yeah, they they are. So yeah, they play the. Oh, the Wolves. <laughs> yeah, so they, they play, play at, at the, Raptors, the Raptors, then they at the play T-Wolves. at the T-Wolves. Oh, that'll be fun. And then they play the Hawks. So the Hawks, oh, yeah. who uh, had a uh, Trey Young 30-foot buzzer beater tonight. So on a guy playing the worst end of game defense I've ever seen on a guy that has that kind of range. Who's so. going to take that shot, though, outside of him and Steph Curry? Well, him and Steph Curry. That's why you guard him. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I know it's just. I mean, it's me preseason. Nuts. I have to be like it's preseason. You gotta and you gotta prove that you can actually hit that shot. And look, once he does it a couple of times, they'll guard, they'll guard him out that far. Well, there you go. Yeah, 
Um, yep. So Cavs uh, tip off on exactly one week from uh, yesterday because it's yep. you know one thirty in the morning uh, against the Raptors. So it's a, it should be a fun season. I'm I'm excited about it. So yeah, me too. I mean, we'll I'm excited. Have a to uh, just... tip off uh, pod maybe next Tuesday and uh, and then kind of go from there. So yeah, I'm just excited to see a team go out and we're pretty much one through 15. They're going to, they're just going to give it their all every night and have a good time doing it. And and good Lord winning, willing, they'll get a win. Yeah. That was a little bull Durham for you. There you go. (laughs) Anything that you want to pitch before we sign off? I did watch bull Durham the other day. That movie still holds up. Still pretty good. I haven't seen that in 10 years. Probably. Oh, it's really funny. And I, it, it, it's very amusing. Uh, I had forgotten how good Tim Robbins is in that movie. Yeah. And Tim he's, Robbins he's early in his career was a really good comedic actor. So well, that's where him and Susan Sarandon met. Yes, it is. And they've been together ever since. They're not together. They're divorced. Aren't they? Are they? Yeah. No. They're divorced. Yes. That's not true. Is it? Yes. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> So what do I want to pitch? Uh, I haven't been uh, pitching it, I, God, too much. Far? What did what did I start the other day? Oh, I caught up on uh, Black Mirror, and it is as good as everyone says it is. Yeah. Uh, did Black you watch Mirror. the USS Callister? Yeah, that was great. Actually, the whole fourth season was really good. Uh, Metalhead was a really good episode. Um, yeah, just everything in the fourth season was excellent. Um, I even like the last one, the the museum one. Uh, you did, or you uh, you're didn't? Right. yeah, you are right. They 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 did split up in two thousand nine, huh? Yeah. God, maybe I just blocked that out. Yeah. Um. No, I I I like the last one. The it kind of reminded me of like old, uh, like what was the show on HBO? With oh, the, the Hitcher. The the. With the Crypt Keeper, the Tales from the Crypt. It kind of reminded oh. me of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. But there's um, also the Hitchhiker, too, right? Where, like, yeah. things go wrong, like, with his, yeah. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really good. I got to I gotta yeah. catch up on... I, I actually watched one episode of the first season, the very first one, which is a bad one to start on, and then, then caught the fourth season. Yeah. And then um, I got to catch up on that, and then Electric Dreams as well, which... That's really <laughs> Electric good. Dreams is good. Yeah, hey, the there's, Steve there's a couple episode is really good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Oh, one that a lot. was the other thing I saw that was amazing. Um, was Black Klansman it was really good. Really? Oh yeah, it was excellent. Uh, the best Spike Lee movie maybe ever. You mean best Spike Lee joint ever? No, he directed it. No, it's a joint. Those his movies are joints, man. Oh, I don't know. That's what he calls them. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm a very Spike clear. Lee joint. No, okay. Yeah. But Adam Driver was uh, really good in it, and uh, and Denzel Washington's kid was really good in it. Oh yeah, so, uh, yeah, excellent movie. I don't know. Hey, have you seen it? I haven't yet. Okay, my- it, it's it's a little hard to watch. There is a lot of it. It is about the Klan, so there is a lot of right. uh, a lot of lot of white hoods. Well, there's a lot of racial slurs, and it's a little. It, it was hard to watch in the theater, but um, the other guy who's awesome in it is Topher Grace is fantastic as really? David, as David Duke. Yeah, he kind of looks like him. He kind of looks like him, and he plays him with the requisite buffoonery 
to um, not elevate him as a character, but to portray him as a as a boob, which right. which is a really good casting choice because you don't want to give that guy gravitas in that role. So that's true. He did a really good job. I thought he was excellent. So that's that's a good point. Yeah, good you, point. I think you'd enjoy it. It was really well made. So. I'll check it out. It's it's one of those I've been I have been the only sort my of only like, issue with it is it's a little almost too overtly anti-Trump political. So to oh you can't be you can't be that but um <laughs> can't be too overt. No, I mean uh, it's no. Like, I'm just more I'm just more of yeah. like the I'm, I've been lukewarm about Spike Lee for a while now. Yeah, so. no, it was definitely I I think it could get some best picture buzz. So mm. I think it's really um, well done. Especially in this political climate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's my pitch. I saw that a couple of weeks ago. It was excellent. So nice. I, I was talking to you earlier about this show that um, that I just kind of I, I wouldn't say I found it because you know it's it's on TV if you if you check it out. But it's it's only six episodes. Um, this is a show called uh, Mister In Between that just aired on. FX and the, over the last like three weeks, so they were they would do it in like there's six episodes, but they're a half an hour each or a little bit more than a half an hour each. So they would just pair two episodes with each other for like three straight weeks on on FX. So it wasn't very long, like long lived. But it's this Australian series. It's directed by um, Joel Edgerton's brother Nash Edgerton, and it stars this guy Scott Ryan who's kind of brilliant is this like low level Australian thug, but it's, it's very like darkly comedic. It's got that a very, um, it's got a very like almost like snatch quality to it. Um, you like but eggs? It's, yeah, but it's cause it's, and it's like that where you, it's hard to kind of, I mean, I understand. It, it takes an episode a, or so to get into it. I have Australians. understand them. Yeah. I have Australians yeah. in the family, so I, I, I kind of get it, yeah. but it takes a little bit of, to get the rhythm of the, of the dialogue. But and, and he does kind of mumble a little bit, but man, it's really smart, very well shot, and I don't know, it just it was just like one of those like nice surprises no, in okay. a in a year full of like really good TV and digital shows. Like this one, kind of like really stood out to me, and I thought I, I was surprised there wasn't more more hype about it. But they renewed it for a second season of another six episodes. So I feel like there's so, more TV out than I can watch. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, for it, sure. it isn't even like. That isn't even an exaggeration. It just really is more TV than yeah. any one person can there's, watch. But there's so many outlets now. I mean, and not not only do you got the the networks, you've got all the cable channels, you've got Hulu, you know Netflix, all the, Prime. Yeah, and, and even even like Apple and and YouTube and uh, I mean everybody's even Facebook starting to make there make was a content. PlayStation Network. Yeah. It's just it didn't a lot, last, but yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a lot, but yeah. you know, it's good. Anyways, I, I highly recommend it. it oh, Mystery good. in between. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, are they still? Is uh, Legion second season on FX yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they okay. second season ran in the spring. Oh, okay. And okay. Then, I didn't. I didn't check that out. I know the first season was really good. So first season's really good. Second season is really good in a different way. Okay. Um. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. I just I, I like him a lot. Um, the creator of that show. Um, and I'm gonna blank on his name right now, but he also did. He also does um, the Fargo seasons. 
so, okay, and I've never watched Fargo, and I've heard that's really good. Oh, my so. God, dude. You, you should you should watch that, like, next. Like, okay, okay, I will. Yeah, um, all three oh, seasons are good. And, I, and I'm looking forward to, so I was on a, that's the other thing I got to pitch. Listen to Queen, because they're amazing, and I'm I'm getting hyped for Bohemian Rhapsody, so. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it no, yet? I haven't seen it yet, but okay. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, because you really think, like the actor, too. Oh, yeah, Rami Malek from uh, Mr., who stars Mr. in Mr. Robot. Robot. Yeah. yeah. Really, they say, again, like, probably an Oscar nomination, really kind of shows you a different side of Freddie Mercury, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think it's, it, it looks great. I mean, look, the, I actually know the guy at Fox who cuts the trailers and this is, he, he, he and I talk, like, this is his sort of like masterpiece. Like oh, yeah, the way the he's trailers been, able, have been like, really good to like, yeah, mash up you the different songs and, and give you enough to like, want to go see the movie without giving you everything that's going on. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, it's, it's, <laughs> one of my least favorite trailers of all time was the uh, What's Love Got to Do With It trailer. Oh, yeah. You literally saw the trailer and you didn't need to go see the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, this, so, this, one's, this one's good. And he did a nice job, like, just mashing the songs a little bit and really kind of creating that, like, even if you're not a Queen fan, like, you can kind of feel the energy. Oh, yeah. There's so much energy it. just in that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And and he just really nails the mannerisms and of oh, yeah. Freddie Mercury and everything. So, have you seen uh, A Star Is Born yet? Yeah, my my <laughs> wife and I went and saw it last weekend. Um, no, I, I look. I, I'm I'm a Bradley Cooper fan. I'm I'm not. I, I can take or leave Lady Gaga, but I was interested to see how she'd pull off, you know, more of an acting role and um, the the Barbara Streisand role. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I I think I had higher expectations because of the hype, because mm-hmm. of so many people were saying it's, you know, it's it's amazing, it's this and that. And I'll say this: the music was really good, and okay. they were smart to not release it ahead of time, like really kind of like, you know, make people wait till you see the okay. movie to to really hear the songs. But um, yeah, she's good. He's good. I think Bradley Cooper's a better actor than he is director. Well, isn't it his directorial debut? It is. Yes. And I feel like he needed an editor. I feel like he needed an editor because it's it it weighs in at about like a little over two and a half hours, and it's a lot of hour subject. No, no, it's a lot of like long, slow shots on people's faces, and way too much sort of like feels like a music video in places, and. It's just, you know, it's it's fine. There's some great moments and there's some a lot of fat that could have been trimmed. There's a gr- there's probably a great, you know, 2-hour movie in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, so you did not like Spawn, not Spawn, Venom. Oh, no. I enjoyed Venom. Did you? <laughs> yeah, but I also enjoyed it in it felt like the like a 90 it felt like a 90s movie, didn't it? A little bit, but I enjoyed the fact that it was a comic book movie that was under an hour and 50 minutes, which is a rarity these days. I also enjoyed, I enjoy comic book movies that don't take themselves too seriously. And I feel like so many of the Marvel movies just take themselves too seriously at some point. I think the problem though was that you had, you had a director in Ruben Fleischer who had done like Zombieland and you know a few other things? Who's got a sense of humor, but wanted to do a more serious movie? I, I got and then a lot of sense Tom, of humor out of it. 
but no, but that came from Tom Hardy, who's normally a serious actor who wanted to who made a really comedic choice with the character. Mm-hmm. So it was this weird like mash. I don't know. It's like mash of like. Well, and then you wait. Had so lot- the funny guy wants to be wants to be serious, and the serious guy wants to be funny. And it, I don't know, it just it felt really yeah, uneven to me, and it just not wild about Michelle Williams in that role either. Yeah, I mean, she's she kind of really token female, and, yeah, and not really comedic. And I felt like they should have gone, they should have really made a conscious choice to give her more of a comedic turn, or you know, gone the other way with the movie, or cast yeah. somebody else. But and uh, and a lot of the heavy effects scenes. Like that fight scene at the end just gets hard to follow. Well, it's just not very good. It was effects either. It didn't feel like it. But yeah. look, it made a lot of money, and I, they're going to do something. But I thought it. it was entertaining. Uh, it was a good. It was a good popcorn flick. So yeah, I mean, I I I I hear what you're saying, but like if like I uh, the bar for me for something like that is Deadpool, right? Wow. So if you're gonna be if you want to be funny and irreverent and you know, and make it like why it wasn't R rated. I, I, I think, I think that was, you know, I, I get, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the guy who, the guy who used to run Fox and didn't ever want them to put out R rated movies now runs Sony and that followed him there. Whereas when he left Fox, they could make movies like Deadpool and clean up like, like, like Venom's going to make a lot of money, but, and, and, and R rated Venom, that was inspired like in the way that Deadpool was probably would have made a lot more money. Oh yeah. No, I don't think being R rated is a barrier for commercial success. And it's not even a barrier for merchandising. If you look at the way Deadpool's merchandised now. So, you know, yeah. Cause hot really? topic exists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that, that, that's a good on that. And on that note, it. yeah, we're getting because a little long in the fang. That's going to be the you know, that's going to be the uh, the title of this one because hot topic exists. <laughs> We're a little long in the fang here. So, <laughs> as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers.